Coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, the Cougars open 2-1 and one in league play as they continue to find a way without Yoli Childs in the lineup. And this week, the nation's number one team is on tap. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, starting now. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU TV studios in Provo. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, your weekly look inside the Cougar Hoops program with the head coach of the Cougs, his staffers, and his players. Great to have you with us as always. We invite you to be a part of our show by joining the conversation with questions submitted for the coach on Twitter using the hashtag Pope Show, as well as on Facebook and Instagram on the BYU TV sports accounts. Coming up on this evening's broadcast, we'll look back at last week's games against St. Mary's and Portland. We'll go inside the film room with senior Dalton Nixon. We'll preview this week's games against San Diego and Gonzaga. Our deep blue profile is Zach Selyus. Trevin Nell will visit with us in studio. We'll have the freshman in here, and we'll ask the weekly question, what happened? And our weekly retrospective look at the wild and the wacky. All right, to get things underway, we say hey to the head coach, the Cougars. He is Mark Pope. Hello, coach. Uh, is it... It sounds like we're echoing in here. I've got a little bit of the vibe, too, yeah. This is awesome. Like, your <laughs> voice sounds so powerful. It always sounds powerful. It sounds amazing. Well, thank you. We're I, behind I, the curtain tonight. I'm yeah. particularly happy to be here tonight. Because? Because I always enjoy being here, but I'm super happy to be here. And I'm, I'm dreading, for the only time in my life, dreading going home tonight. Explain. Because my four daughters and my wife are currently at a two-hour self-defense class. So you know what's happening. They're going to practice when you get home. I'm going to come to practice black and blue tomorrow because they're all going to take shots at me. I'm I'm a little terrified about walking into the house, so we could go a little overtime today. Uh, The chances of of someone having enough leverage to put you on the ground, though, I'm I'm just not so sure that's going to happen. It's five on one, and it gets ugly, I'm telling you. The gang tackle approach might work well. (laughs) So uh, let's let's hit last week real quick. Uh, One and one. You had the road game Thursday. Really quick turnaround for the road game or the home game on Saturday. And in our pregame conversation Saturday, you you brought up the fact that it was an emotional week for you guys, and there was a lot to deal with, right? Last week. Yeah, it was it was a pretty emotional week. Uh, You know, we finished uh, Tuesday's practice with Yoli and Connor and Dalton all in the training room, and. Uh, Yoli's clearly was uh, more serious um, than the others, and so we kind of managed that. And it was, it was, it was. It seems like we just barely got him back. Yeah. And um, so the guys uh, grappled with that, and also grappled with a huge game on the road at St. Mary's, kind of all put together, and then, and then uh, a disappointing overtime loss, uh, but a great effort from the team. Just um, we could have just done some things better, and then, and then all of that combined, turning around and coming back home, it was just quick, and uh, but the guys handled it uh, in tremendous fashion, like they have almost everything this season, and it was a good week for us. Maybe at the end of the segment, you'll update us on on Yoli and how he's doing, but. Let's look at last week's games and highlights. Stats presented by Intermountain Healthcare. First game of the week was that uh, outing in Moraga. It is BYU and St. Mary's. We go right to the end of regulation. And what a rally in the final minute, Coach. Yeah, we had um, you know we had guys make big time plays, just have them make big plays. We went to a press a little bit earlier than normal. We knew we had to get back in, and the guys just showed unbelievable energy, uh, making plays with some pretty good discipline. Um, and so it got us back in the game, and, and we were, uh, guys were pretty efficient on the offense then, making plays. Uh, TJ was huge the whole last 10 minutes. 
Um, but guys managed to play with really good pace and be aggressive, and we got ourselves back in and ended up tying the game. Thought you guys maybe at first forced a turnover there. I did too, um, but sometimes it doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> ended up being a two-point game late in this one, and that's when uh, T.J. Haas goes to work here and gets you to overtime this way. It's interesting when you kind of run this double, double drag high ball screen, uh, it, it really elevates the whole team, and T.J.'s so clever, both coming off and rejecting. It puts the defense in a difficult situation. He made a big-time play there, finishing at the rim, and then Dalton Nixon makes an even bigger play. You know, I'm right behind Jordan Ford. I'm not, clearly not allowed to be on the court, but I'm seeing him, and it looks like the Red Sea part, and then Dalton just came out of nowhere to come up with a game-saving block. And we got an overtime, and, and TJ stayed in attack mode and, uh, you know, uh, made some great plays at the rim. And, um, you know, we had really good looks. Uh, it's, you know, Dalton missed that, but came up with the offensive rebound. And I was standing exactly behind AB, and I was sure that was good. Uh, we just couldn't get it go to go down. Step back here from a TJ gets you within one, and then becomes a three-point game uh, in the very final sequence, which we'll get to in a second. But you, you mentioned maybe a switch getting turned on with TJ was great all night. Yeah, he, he, you know, about ten minutes of the game, he, he missed a couple shots at the rim, and you know was getting bumped around, and was a little surprised by it. And ten minutes in the game, he just engaged in the physicality of the game. Game does end with St. Mary's pulling it out in overtime by three, eighty-seven to eighty-four. And, uh, man, the Gales have uh, been a bit of an up-and-down team in the early part of league, but you got to play well to beat them there, and someone did on the weekend, and you guys came real close. Yeah, you know, we, 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 I, I'm not afraid to say it, man. They, they've got us down there right now. we gotta, we got to break through that and go down there and win, and uh, that'll be a challenge for the teams next year and the years after now. We don't get to play there again, but we get them back here, and, uh, you know, hopefully by that time we have Yoli, and, and hopefully we'll continue getting better every day and be a better team and, and have a different outcome. Uh, they're a great team. Um, it's interesting, uh, the synergy numbers this week in terms of uh, offensive efficiency, just the general overall number of points per possession in the top five teams in the country, the top highest points per possession in the country offensively is Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU, three of the top five teams in America in terms of that offensive efficiency statistic. And uh, it just speaks to this league. Uh, it's a good league right now. and. Um, so we'll be excited to hopefully take another shot at those guys coming up here soon. And similar numbers in the half court, too, no matter how you break it down. At the top of this league, it's, it's among the very best. Well, it's, it's the best offensive basketball in a lot of ways being played in the country right well, now. And the thing is, a lot of people kind of whitewash and say, well, it's because they're playing in that league. It's not. We just barely started the league, and those numbers are real. So, yeah. uh, you know, these are good. These are these are really good teams in this league, and it, it makes the league really fun. It makes it really terrifying and scary, too. And, <laughs> I'm losing all my hair and I don't <laughs> sleep anymore and get ulcers and it's just, it's, it's beautiful. Good times. Uh, yeah. All right. So the St. Mary's loss flips you right back home and it was BYU and Portland on Saturday. Let's take a look at how the Cougars and the Pilots went down and I'll tell you, there won't be many better starts uh, to any BYU games uh, this season. It was, it was a 15 nothing spurt to open, uh, 24 to 2 and all of a what a great find there by Jake Tools with a one hand bounce pass through traffic. Yeah. You know, a defensive attention and a little bit of pressure. Uh, you know, we finished the St. Mary's game with 20 assist opportunities. It was the lowest number we'd had since Utah, actually, since we played at Utah. We were really disappointed that because the last eight games, we've been right around 42 or 43 average. 
the guys responded unbelievably, and we have 53 assist opportunities in this in this Portland game, and that's a sign of how we're functioning well on the offensive end. We had contributions from everybody. Things were not functioning so well for Terry Porter's pilots, but they hung in there. They did, and you know, listen, uh, Terry Porter, uh, for us old people, we remember what an incredible player he was uh, with the Portland Trailblazers on great teams. Uh, he's the ultimate competitor, and he, you know, he helped his guys kind of battle back to actually cut it to seven in the second half in a game that looked like it was going to be a blowout. T.J. Haas uh, was uh, dishing in the first half, and among his assists were one that put him past his dad, Marty, to sixth all-place on the BYU assist tally behind Jimmer Fredette. BYU's up 21 in the second half, and again, uh, Pilots hanging or got the seven there at 62-55. Yeah, yep. they, they kept competing, made some shots. Uh, we, we had a little bit of fatigue and a little bit of just a little bit of uh, disinterest creep in, combined with really good play from Portland. Uh, but, but fortunately, the guys answered the bell, and we, we finished the, the game incredibly strong. And Zach Sellius finished the game by making five of five threes. That was his fifth of five. A second most threes in a game made at BYU without a miss. He was perfect on the night. He's not missing it. He told me he's not missing any more oh, the rest of the season. That is great to know. <laughs> so, so after the game, uh, I finished all the media responsibilities we have, and Marty Hawes is sitting there waiting for TJ. And so TJ was 14 and 0 in the game, 14 assists, zero turnovers, which is near, nearly a record. It tied the record set by Randy Reed back in the day. Yeah. Tied the all-time record. So I looked up at Marty, who's like in the third row. I'm like, I'm like, Marty, what was your most assists in the game? And he said, How many did TJ have? He's like, TJ was 14 and 0. He's like, I think I had 15 one game. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to go back in the record okay. books and check that. We got a little competition. I'm glad that he passed Marty. Marty, if you're listening, <laughs> TJ just passed you in the all-time assist, baby. <laughs> he's coming for a lot of people in a lot of ways, by the way. TJ is just kind of, by the time he's done here, uh, this is his senior season, he will go down as one of the very best all-around basketball players in Cougar Hoops history. Yeah, it's really extraordinary. And he's, you know, and you talk about all around. I mean, he's, you know, played for in four different systems in the, in his four years here too. And so, uh, you know, he's, and he's endured a lot and uh, he's, he's, he's getting better and better and better. And I think he can feel that and see that's pretty exciting. Okay, so you played these last two games without Yoli Childs, and those who watched the game nationally, they took note of that too. They said, yeah, it was a, it was a one one week, but now you really can't deal too much in the but, right? You've got to say, listen, this is our team, and we're going to go win games with whoever's on the floor. Yeah, uh, that's our focus, and, and uh, that's what we expect of ourselves, and that's what Yoli expects of us, and, and that's our job. You know, we need to go win, and, um, and you know, we need to get better every single day, no matter who can dress and who can't. Uh, that's what successful teams do. And a lot of times, you know, the season is so hard, especially when you're messing around in the elite, elite level that we're messing around in right now. And a lot of teams are going to fade away just because of the attrition of it, just getting every day it gets harder. And eventually there's just a little bit that creeps in. You'd be like, I can't take another day. It's just too hard. I got to breathe. I got to take a break. We're trying as hard as we can not to do that. And, and, and refusing to allow yourself to take a break, to keep getting better every day means that you don't, you don't count who's you know, on the floor and not on the floor. You don't count whether you're playing at home or on the road. You don't, you, you, those things are lost to consideration. You stay focused on getting better. This locker room has done a great job at that. How is Yoli doing, uh, by the way? He's missed two games. So what's the forecast here? Well, there's nobody that wants to get back quicker uh, than Yoli does because today we had him running sprints uh, for a good half an hour after practice. He's like, this is the worst, man. Let me get back on the floor. 
but he's, you know, it's just got to heal. So uh, this puncture's got to heal. Uh, it's pretty sensitive if he were to get an infection or anything like that. So we got to have complete healing there. And and uh, I'm, I, you know, we don't know. He actually sees the doctor tomorrow. Uh, they're estimating you know, maybe seven to 10 days from now, but I'm going to say that, and it's not going to be that. It's going to be two weeks or whatever. But, you know, in the meantime, uh, you know, he's going to work. You know, he worked really hard to get better in the only ways he could get better today, mm-hmm. and we worked really hard to get better in the ways we can get better, and we'll keep doing that. Well, hope for the best that he gets back as soon as possible. In the meantime, uh, you've already seen your guys play a lot of games without him and, and win a lot of games without yeah. him, so that's yeah. positive. Yep, and, and uh, you know, we'll use it as a positive. I mean, our goal is still the same, to be the best basketball team we can possibly be at the end of the season, and we might not have chosen this path before, uh, this da- dynamic roster that we have, but the guys have done a great job capitalizing on it. And, and you know, these guys know uh, that with Yoli, we're, we we have a potential to grow into a great, great team. And and without Yoli, we've already beat you know Virginia Tech and Houston on the road, and and UCLA and, and a handful of other great teams. And so uh, they they they're confident that they can get the job done, and we have to do that right now. You've played three league games. Some have played four. Let's take a look at the WCC standings and how uh, things shake out right now for the Cougs and their competitors in the West Coast Conference. Number one, Gonzaga. National number one is the only team without a loss yet in conference play. And you see the Zags up top. And then you see that three-way tie for second place, including BYU. Interesting week this week in that you'll take on the 0-4 team and the 4-0 team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and this San Diego team is really dangerous. You know, we, we flirt as the week begins on Sunday and Monday. We will take a look at both games, and then starting on Tuesday, we, we zero in only on the Thursday game. Uh, so we're really focused on this this San Diego team, and they're 0-4, but they're a better team than that. Uh, they're really, really dangerous. Uh, they have uh, some talent inside, some really, really skilled bigs that are physical and can pass and can score inside, uh, and they have guards that can shoot it. They had a, a sophomore step up late in the Pepperdine game and run off 25 points essentially in the second half, a guy that we never heard of who's playing unbelievable ball. And so uh, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big, big game for us. And we're pretty squarely focused on that. More on the Toreros and Zags next segment. There's your resume as of today. This is what uh, the NCAA selection committee is looking at, among other things. And again, numbers that put you in a pretty good spot. Uh, and uh, those who do the brackets, among them, Joe Lenardi and Andy Katz today have BYU firmly in the field right now. But uh, you, you can never get too carried away on what it says today and just trying to get better every yeah, day, as I you mean, say. I hope that just usually gives us fuel to come work harder every day. I mean, things will change dramatically uh, through through conference play for everybody in the country. Um, uh, so, so you know, we're, we're, we're staying really focused. I, I think our guys really enjoy the positive feedback, but we know that, you know, we have a, we have a ton of work ahead of us and, and, and we're really focused on it. But it's better to be in the mix than on the outside looking in. No doubt. It's fun. <laughs> you know, I had to go to, I, I didn't have to, I got to go to the Cougar Club meeting. There's several hundred people uh, in the Cougar Club today at noon. And walking into that room with us in the bracket is so much better than walking in with us out. Because <laughs> if we're out, everyone's like, why are you not in the bracket? But we're in. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a huge week for us this week. And then you think, you look ahead to next week, and we're on the road at Pacific and at San Francisco. That might be tougher than this week, right? And so uh, it's a fun thing of league play. And, uh, you know, we know that every single game is incredibly important. And, 
And these, these, these young men are, are fighting for themselves and for their teammates and for BYU fans to really perform. It's a great time to be a BYU Hoops fan and a great time for this team, no doubt. Time now to head off the floor to highlight some of the good stuff from BYU's last few games, assisted by our own Jerem Jordan of Sports Nation fame. Uh, this week, Dalton Nixon taking us inside the film room. All right, Dalton, 14 points, 11 rebounds against Portland. Uh, this was a nice win and a nice performance for the whole team, but always good to have a double-double, right? Yeah, so good. First, first of, career? Yeah, first of my career. That's awesome. Okay, end of the half here, our first play, you get a bucket, and this is part of an incredible first half. You guys start out 24-2, and you score 51 points in the first half. Walk me through this one. Yeah, so this play, we're going to start with the, with the horn set. I'm up top with Jake, and then once Trevin cuts through, that puts a lot of pressure on the weak side having shooters. Jake cuts through and I set a screen which allows TJ to get downhill and just opens up that weak side. Great lob by TJ. I wish someone tracked, and maybe they do, I just need to find it, drawn charges because you would be top 10 in the country, right? <laughs> so another drawn charge here against Portland. Yeah. So Portland, they run a really good ball screen motion. Um, and as you see, Colby's on uh, number 24 is going to go set a ball screen. And uh, I'm kind of anticipating this roll and I step over and uh, get the charge. Are you used to being hit in the face? This has been like a thing for you throughout your career. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been crazy. I don't know what it is. Um, it happens in practice. It happens in games. Um, but I'm used to getting hit. Um, but it's just something that I love about the game. I love the physicality of it. I love being able to just, you know, be a warrior out there and, and have a mentality of just like fight every play um, and come what may, you know. Okay, let's rewind to Thursday against St. Mary's. Exciting moment. T.J. Haas dunks to tie the game. 6.6 .6 left. Alex Barcelo gets caught trying to get the inbound pass here. Uh, Jordan Ford's going to race all the way up uncontested until he meets you. Walk me through this. Yeah, so I, I'm back, and I'm just wondering who's picking him up, who's picking him up, and then I finally step up. And one thing about Jordan Ford is he's really crafty, and being, being undersized and being really quick, he gets into the paint, and he has a great floater. And so when he had a full head of steam, I was thinking to myself, you know, he's probably not going to the rim. You know, I have to stop the ball here. And so I take a couple steps up, I jump, and got a piece of it. And so that was a, you know, that was a huge play to save it. Um, you see, I, I tip it out. I thought there was a, you know, I, I thought time was about to expire. I tip it out to Krebs, but luckily he uh, missed the shot. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have had the assist. Yeah. Yeah, on that one. Um, but you go up in this, and I, I assume being right-handed, you want to block with the right hand, ideally. You get it with your left hand. Yeah. So do you have adrenaline in that moment, just kind of getting up as high as you can to get it with the Definitely. left? Definitely. A lot of adrenaline here. And also just, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily trying to block the shot. I was just trying to get up in the air. I was trying to, you know, make it hard for him. And, you know, I was actually surprised that I was able to get a hand on it. Well, congratulations on the success so far. Good luck uh, not being hit in the face. <laughs> Continue to draw charges, make threes, and be that guy. Appreciate you taking some minutes. Yeah, thank you, Jerry. For a guy coaching his first year with the Cougs as head coach, how nice to rely on someone like that with your first team. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, we've talked a lot about Dalton. Uh, speaking of which, Jerem, your good work, your good luck didn't work because he had gauze up his nose today. He got pounded in the face again today. It's a daily occurrence. But he, he's a game changer for any team. And, uh, you know, you look at the play he made uh, at the end of that game was one of many plays. And then how, you know, he's 10 and 8 the first half in Portland. Uh, he's just, he's doing an unbelievable job. He's shooting 42% from the three-point line this year. Um, so every facet of the game, he's fully invested in himself. And 
he's been a great leader and a great teammate, and uh, it makes it really fun. It, you know, he's, some, he's somebody that we can all watch and just be proud of and, and cheer for. He's such a great young man. You can see more, folks, with the Dalton Nixon in the film room for the entire film room conversation. Go to youtube.com slash BYU TV sports. And for your day-to-day -day Cougar sports play-by-play, -play, we always want you to watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer and Jerem weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, a preview of the week ahead and games against San Diego and number one, Gonzaga. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life. Here's your broadcast schedule for the week ahead, starting with the Toreros coming to Provo. BYU in San Diego, Thursday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Then the matchup with the top-ranked Bulldogs of Gonzaga in Spokane. BYU and the Zags, Saturday, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. First up, it is USD, a team that has never, ever won a game in Provo. Sam Scholl's team uh, lost a lot from last year, Coach Pope. Yeah, they, they, they were a, a senior-laden team last year, a veteran team, and they're really young this year. They only have one senior on the roster, at least in the ro mm -hmm. playing rotation. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're a team with a really, really big upside. Start, you know, starting with these bigs down low, uh, they kind of have a three-man big rotation uh, that are really physical and really clever pass passers. Uh, they love to get out in transition. Actually, love some of the stuff that they run. Uh, that, you know, they lift the bigs and run a lot of action with the big handling at the top. They're pretty good. They'd be happy to keep this game in the 60s too. They play some lower-scoring games. At least that's how they win. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they, they, they've, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're going to tax you defensively, not by just running a bunch of quick hitter actions, but they're going to actually really, really make you work. They have great movement, great motion. Guys are rarely standard. They'll really skew the spacing on the floor in their favor. So it's, a, they, you know, over the last few years, they've been a real, real challenge to guard in the half court. Uh, it's, it's, it's not an easy proposition. So they're an 0-4 team in league. The longer that, that left side number stays zero, the more intense that team going to get to try and get off, uh, you know, off the schneid here. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think it's a, it's a proud program. Sam does a really, really nice job with them. They have young guys that are hungry, you know, by, by no means, you know, do they have any agenda right now other than growing as a team. And uh, they're going to come in here and battle. I mean, this is going to be some of these guys' first chance to come into the Marriott Center uh, in front of this crowd, which, speaking of which, on Portland, the student section was just out of this world. Mm, it was really so good. Up fantastic. to the top, yeah. So, thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what I don't know where the camera is, but thank you. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, but but they'll be excited to come in here and really really compete. It's going to be a great game. Now it's a different deal, entirely different deal from March in Las Vegas when San Diego last played BYU and really got it. But there are a lot of BYU players who were on that floor that day, and that that hurt the Cougars' pride on that day. And I'm sure a lot of those guys remember how it felt to play San Diego the last time they they met. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about it. Um, 
you know, we, we're, we, we, you know, I, I do like those extra pieces of motivation, but right now we, we try and stay squarely in the lane of we have to get better and every game is the most important game we've ever played. But I know, I, I guarantee you, I know, you know, losses like that hurt and they sting for a long time, especially losses that end your season. Right. And, um, and so I know there's some guys that would, uh, would like to do the best they can to remedy that. Okay, then next up, after Thursday, you're going to hit the road Friday, head up to Spokane, and get another crack at the Zags. Yep. Uh, this Gonzaga team is, is pretty good, um, to say the least. You think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's, a, it's a great venue. You know, they've established a really special uh, building and, and a fan base and an environment there. And, uh, you know, we're going to have our work cut out for us. Uh, you know, thanks to the extraordinary work of the teams that came before us and Coach Rose and his staffs, uh, there's zero chance that they're going to take us lightly when we roll in there. Um, and so it's going to be a, it's going to be a great battle that we're really excited about. Anytime you get a chance as a team and a program to play the number one team in America, it's pretty exciting. You know what it's like to celebrate in that visiting locker room up there, though. I sure do. With BYU, uh, very few people have ever experienced that, and most of them wearing BYU jerseys. And um, so, uh, you know, hopefully we might, you know, throw coach and all the former players on the plane <laughs> playing with us and see if we can get capture some of that magic. Get some good luck charms on the road with you. Uh, beyond the fact that they're just clearly one of the most balanced, deep and, and proficient teams in the country. What what is Mark Fuse? I don't know, to call it a secret is not really much of a secret, but but what, what do you think unifies team to team up there that makes them just so good and kind of a juggernaut right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know exactly the answer to that. Uh, I can tell you what they do and how they do it. Uh, you know, they've, they've been unbelievable, unbelievably consistent and, and really found a great niche uh, recruiting, uh, you know, for a long time overseas. And now with grad transfers coming in from the States, uh, it's been an incredible recipe for them. Um, you know, his, the way he plays um, uh, with the size that his teams have and the physicality that they have, uh, they're not a team that's prone to dropping games they're not supposed to win. They're just, they're just not. They're so forceful and physical and powerful and big, and they utilize that really in a brilliantly smart way. Uh, it doesn't take a lot for them to get to their power game. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's one pass in transition from the top, and, and they're fully immersed in a game that nobody's had a chance to stop. Um, you know, you think about physical teams, physical traditions, you think about Michigan State. You know, Coach does, a, you know, Tom Izzo does an unbelievable job at Michigan State for a long time about having these incredibly physical teams. So they actually scrimmaged Gonzaga. Uh, they had a private scrimmage before the season, and the reports that came out about it, uh, and this is when Gonzaga was supposed to be you know, a rebuilding team this year. The reports from Michigan State was like, we couldn't believe how physical we were there and how great they were at ceiling, and they just completely destroyed us inside. That's <laughs> Michigan State. <laughs> So uh, what he's done there has been really special. And, and, you know, you have to give him uh, an unbelievable amount of credit. Like nobody would believe that he could accomplish what he's done there and what he does every single year. Uh, I just wish he would take a new job and get out of our league. Man. <laughs> just get out of here. And the thing is, he's like the nicest human being in the world, which makes you just want to choke him. He is, literally, he is literally one of the great ambassadors of this game. And he's been so good to me, and that just makes me angry. <laughs> and uh, he just is a credit to everything that's good about this game. You can find a mark for you. 
Great challenge on Saturday. Of course, every week is a challenge in the league. It'll start Thursday with Portland, then the Zags on the weekend. All right, programming note, folks. Uh, Saturday night, uh, you can watch All-American Shannon Evans and the 15th-ranked Cougs host 5th-ranked UCLA and Utah State at 8 Eastern Gymnastics on BYU TV. Fans, did you know you can have your groceries waiting to be picked up? Or better yet, dropped off at your front door. It's all done online at smithsfoodanddrug.com or on their app on your phone. Download the Smiths app and save time. Shop online. After this break, we go inside the amazing assist numbers from Saturday night. And we present this week's Deep Blue feature on Zach Selyus. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by... Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. And by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Taking a look now at our Cougars in the pros. Jimmer Fredette had 14 for Panathinaikos most recently. Elijah Bryant playing in Israel. Brandon Davies with 20 in a Barcelona loss on the weekend. And Eric Mika backstage side. Double-double for the Stockton Kings, the Sacramento Kings G League affiliate. And speaking of Brandon Davies unleashing a new pair of kicks, Dalton Nixon will be interested in this. These are custom-made Rambo shoes. Rambo on the back and Brandon's name on the sides. Your thoughts, Coach Pope? Those are so hideous. Those are hideous. <laughs> but somehow, you, they work this. for Brandon. Well, here's the thing about Brandon Davis. You talk about a guy who loves his shoes. So when he was here playing at BYU, he had a big stack of shoes, like from his childhood. And uh, he, would cut, he would literally go to him and he would baby wipe him down. He had, he had a whole stack of baby wipes, and he, that's how he'd keep his shoes clean. He cares about these shoes. <laughs> uh, let's go Can in. we just talk about Eric Mika? Yeah. Sacramento Kings, can you call the guy up? He's, he's 24 and 12. Like, how are we not calling this guy up? He was, he was producing for the Kings, went to China for like a couple weeks, then came back, and he's do, back doing what he was doing. He's a stud. Uh, they got to give him a chance. They got to give him a call up. We'll see if it comes. Yeah, Let's go inside the numbers now, presented by uh, Mountain America Credit Union. And, and you're, you're into not just the assist numbers, which were great against Portland, by the way, 29 is a season high, but you call them assist opportunities, and you say that's actually a better way of tracking how your offense is really working. Well, you just get a more consistent feedback from assist opportunities because there's some nights where you're not going to make as many shots as others, and they, they can all be good assist opportunity open shots. You just don't make them. So TJ's 14 and 0 uh, against Portland, but two night two you know two games before you know he could have he could have had 14 assists also. I think he had 17 assist opportunities. So it's mm -hmm. more of a constant. It gives us a better marker of where we are. You know, uh, amazingly, in that game, you had TJ 14-0 and Jake 8-0. Yeah. 22-0. And I think Trevin was a 1-0. So between the three of them, <laughs> they were 23-0. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but you, you just never see that. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm willing to bet somebody some brownies that that's never happened at BYU, that you have two players be 22-0. It's a crazy number. And the fact that uh, 29 is a season high on the same night that your turnover number is a season low of yeah. five, that'll yeah. work. Yeah, we, we're really happy about that. Anytime we can stay under 10 turnovers in a game, we feel like we're controlling the ball pretty well and, and we're, we're taking care of it. And that's crucially important for the way we play. Well, one of the standouts in uh, BYU's weekend win over Portland was Zach Selyus, who went, as we showed you before, five for five from the arc on the way to a season-high 21 points. Tonight, we get to know Zach better in this week's edition of Deep Blue. When Zach was recruited, 
um, to BYU. One of the coaches at the time was Coach Pope. I was in a gym in Las Vegas during the summer recruiting period. In these tournaments, you've got all the parents, and then on one side, all the college coaches that are recruiting are, are sitting there. They're separated from everybody. Team was getting crushed in the first half. Second half, he gets it going. Hit one, two, three, four threes. They're making an incredible comeback. He hits five. He hits number six. And Zach hit a three-pointer in the corner to tie the game. And right when he hit it, I could not even control myself. I stood up right there. You're sitting with all the coaches. I lost my mind, stood up. I raised my hands. I'm like, three. I think that's illegal recruiting. Hands it over to Toulson. Back to Zach. Back for three more. Yes! He is like the hardest fighter I've ever met. So if something is hard or difficult, he'll be sad for two seconds and then clean up and say, let's go do something, like what's next? He is so hungry and driven to win right now. It's all he wants to do, he just wants to win. He wants to come play well for his guys. He does not think he's perfect. He's very humble in the sense of his skills and he's always looking to improve himself. Zach's good note isn't necessarily that I'm the leading scorer, I'm the, the leading rebounder. His is that he's done what it's take to win and contribute to the team. I served a mission in Des Moines, Iowa. It was called to serve, and I had a shoulder injury and had to come home early after 10 months. Coming home was kind of hard. It was hard to, you know, manage with people who judge you and people who kind of tell you, why didn't you just stay? Why didn't you fight through it? I was able to find myself and to be able to still do the missionary work when you're not a set apart as a missionary and to be able to you know, be the best person you can be. And I've been able to help people understand that you know, there's people that have done this, people that have come home all the time and you know, it isn't the worst thing in the world. You're not disappointing anyone. You know, you're just going out and doing the best you can and you can still do that every day. And so it's been awesome and like, life-changing experience. During that time, coming home early for my mission, I had the opportunity to meet my wife. My cousin was really good friends with one of his roommates, and she was like, you remind me of this guy, I want to set y'all up. And I was like, I'm good, I don't really want to date. And I guess he had gone through a lot recently, and he wasn't about dating. The rest is history, and she was able to help me through hard times, and especially during that time of me coming home early and going through all that you know, stress. I could tell that there were some things going on that I didn't completely understand. I'm a very positive person, and I think just my positivity was beneficial for him. I think sometimes when we're in those dark places, we need someone to remind us that even though life's hard, we can keep going, and, and he was fine. My wife hasn't been a huge sports person growing up. She's from Austin, Texas, and was more into the arts and crafts and everything kind of with that. She's an awesome singer. Before we were even dating, Zach asked me to come to one of his basketball games. He gave me tickets to sit with his in the family section, but I did not know that this was the family section. 
At halftime, I get a tap on my shoulder, and it was his mom and dad were sitting behind us the whole entire time. And so I was so embarrassed. I was like, I swear, if they heard me talk about anything basketball, they're never going to let me date their son. They were super kind. And the next game, I sat with them, and they helped me understand everything. And now I like to think that I know something about basketball a lot more than I did, though, in that first game. They have such a love for each other that it's, I don't think it's hard to give up a little bit of what you love to bring in what the other person loves. She knows what basketball takes and what it takes to be a college basketball player and knows that I may be gone a few days and everything like traveling and she's just so supportive and it's been awesome. When I think back of Zach, I think one of my first memories is when I was coaching girls basketball and he'd always have a basketball in his hand and he'd sit with me on the bench at the games. I loved going to practice with him even though I was probably around two or three years old. I wanted to be with him. I think that's where our you know, first bonding connection started was you know, back at that point. My dad is my hero. He's always been kind of like my best friend. In a lot of ways I can say he's my hero. Um, because he is, exemplifies a lot of the qualities and values that you want in life. If somebody says something to him negative about another person, he never responds back negatively. He either avoids it or he turns it into a positive. And to me, that's unique for a lot of people in today's day and age. You know, still to this day, we go and watch jazz games and we watch games on TV and I hope I can be a dad just like him. You know, I just love like how he is and how he's raised me and my family and you know he's just always been a hero of mine. Word that stands out from that uh, positivity, right? Yeah, I mean, come on, that's so awesome. <laughs> this Katie Selyus, like I wish everyone in the world could meet her because you can't be with her for two seconds without smiling and laughing and just feeling joy. She's so spectacular. And this Zach Selyus, uh, if I was going to point to any person on this team that brings us energy and intensity every single minute of every single game mm -hmm. that the rest of the team can feed on and count on, it's, it's, it's Zach. I mean, it, it, is such, it is such a joy to coach him. Like, he almost wants it so bad he looks like he's going to explode out there. Uh, I did this for the team the other day, but there was, you know, uh, you, if you watch the games, you're going to see Zach on defense, and he's going to make a play, and he's going to come back, and he's like, come on! He's going to be in a stance <laughs> like this, and it is just like he just, every ounce of every fiber of who he is wants to make a play for his team, and he's, he's not holding anything back. And... Um, you know, it was also fun to just hear his, about his mission experience. So you think about what an example he is uh, in a really important way. Uh, I think about him, and when people watch BYU TV on basketball, basketball on TV that aren't familiar with the team, they might think, wow, you know, this, this Yoli Childs is really good, and, and TJ, and go down the list. But the guy they're going to remember, they're going to remember the sax so they're going to remember the dude with the mustache and be like, that guy is awesome. <laughs> so he's doing yeah. unbelievable work representing our team and, and this university. Another one of your super seniors. Coming up, we'll visit with freshman guard Trevin Nell in studio. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope.
takes the three. They go back to Kobe, a half double again. Kobe, a send out to Nell. This time he does pull and fire and score. Trevin Nell pulls and fires. Well, it's been a while since we first knew that Trevin Nell would be coming to BYU, but he's here now and carving out a role for himself with the Cougars. Please welcome into Studio C, freshman Trevin Nell. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. So let's go timeline here. Uh, tell us where you played your high school ball, first of all. I played at Woods Cross High School. It's up in Bountiful. Our rivals are Bountiful, so I played against Zach. We saw up. Zach. Yeah, we saw. <laughs> we played against Zach a ton, and so it was really fun just going up there and kind of have that, having that competitiveness together. So, although you're a freshman and Zach's a senior, was there some crossover there? There was. <laughs> how, how many how many games do you recall playing against him? We played a total of four games. Really. Yeah. How, do you remember how they turned out at all? Is there any trash talk that there's there still... There's a lot of trash talk, but <laughs> I, I don't remember how they turned out because it wasn't so good. So that means he's all like one and three or all and four or something. Where is Zach with him? <laughs> so uh, out of high school, you commit where? Out of high school, I committed to Cal. And then um, throughout the whole year, we kind of just played games, went through my high school season. And then right in May area, I, I committed to... I, Ended up coming to BYU. Now they had, because they had a, they have a coaching change at Cal. They is that had what a coaching happened? change at Cal, and okay. so I was able to get out of my um, letter of intent, and fortunately, I ended up here. Yeah, so I remember at the time you commit to be, but then I couldn't get too excited because you were going to be gone right away. You, you still hadn't <laughs> gone on your mission yet, right? Yep. So I served a mission in Uruguay in Montevideo for two years, and so it was a great learning experience and a way for me to grow up and mature. Okay. Who, uh, who else recruited you out of high school? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but I chose the right decision because I, I went here I first and he though. just came with what, me. Just hold on now. He followed me. <laughs> I recruited this guy so hard, man. Like, I came up with every stupid idea you've ever tried in recruiting. When so, you were at UVU. When I was at UVU. Yeah. Begged him, cried, pleaded, put a tent out on the front doorstep and just slept there. Didn't really do that. That's illegal. And he tells me no. So then there's a coach who's changed at Cal. I'm like, he's not going to Cal. So I jump in again. I'm like, I got it. I just am dying to coach this kid. I have got to coach him. Coach, recruit him again. F all out every waking moment. <laughs> Tells me no again. So then I was like, all right, fine. If he's not coming to me, I'm coming to him. <laughs> so now he's stuck with me. It's no hard feelings. Uh, what was his pitch like, Trev? His pitch was just he's going to put the best five players on the court. And so when I was a, well, when I was a, a senior in high school, he just talked to me about how I still need to work, still have a lot to improve on, but he's, he was the reason to help me get to the next level. And so when I came here, I had a feeling, I had a feeling that I just didn't need to commit there because he was just going to come over. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Was, yeah. I saved a little, some time for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Cut out the middleman. Uh, you, uh, you served a mission, you said, in Uruguay, right? Yes. Montevideo, yeah? Montevideo. Okay, uh, your mission service, what would you, what would you, uh, how would you wrap it up? My mission service was amazing. I got really close to my mission president. Um, the people there are just absolutely amazing there. They give you anything. I, my first area, I talked to this one lady. I said, I really like this little, like, it was a little house that she made, that her husband made for her, for, like, Valentine's Day. I was like, oh, this is amazing, like, because I had no Spanish back then. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And before I left, they ended up gift, like, gifting it to me. And they just said, thank you so much for being here. You brought a smile to our faces. And so it's, it's amazing just how little things are can be, like, huge to other people. Right. Yeah. 
Coach Pope, uh, it's just kind of like a, a legend about how many shots he got up when he got home to try and get ready for you. Yeah, so <laughs> in fact, I, I got to FaceTime you or something, right? Didn't we FaceTime <laughs> when he was FaceTime. in the mission? <laughs> so uh, I was worried that he was going to run away again. So as soon as I got the job, I, I found out some way to get him, get him on his P-Day, and we talked. And then, uh, you know, Trevin, uh, uh, he is, he is he, the reason I recruited him so hard so many times, even after he told me no so many times, <laughs> was because I think he's one of the elite shooters. I think in the end, when it's all said and done, he's going to be one of the elite shooters in the game of basketball. Um, but he's way more than that. Uh, you know, he, he's worked incredibly hard at that, but he's got a he's got a physicality to his game, and I think he's going to be really good off the bounce. I think as he learns about the urgency necessary on the defensive end, I think he's got a chance to become a really special defensive player. I, I'm so excited he's here. He's, he's uh, one of the reasons why the future here is so extraordinarily bright. Trev, how do you describe your role on a very good team right now? My role? I, I'm excited about my role. There's a lot of learning that's going on. And coming back from my mission, it's, it's tough to get going. And I have great uh, role models like TJ, like Jake, and like Yoli. Also, they all brought me under their wing and kind of helped me calm down my nerves because playing in front of the Rock is, is kind of <laughs> nerve-wracking because there's so many people there. They, get, they got all their movements down. Um, but it's definitely, I'm excited and I'm just here to help the team win. And so if it's to get everybody hyped, to get everybody going, to bring some energy, I'll be the guy to do it because this team is about winning. It's about taking the next step and kind of making it special, like you always said at the beginning of the year. It's going to be magical. Every weekend's a big weekend in league, but uh, going up to play the number one team in the country here on the weekend, thoughts on that? We're excited. We're excited. <laughs> and we're not scared about anybody. And so we, we, we got to finish. Uh, we're getting ready for San Diego, so that's on our mind right, right now. And so we got to beat them first, and then it goes right into Gonzaga. And I feel like this team is super special, and we're going to surprise a lot of people on Saturday. Well, Coach Pope, he's a freshman. Sounds a little more poised than a freshman sometimes, and we know he's got a nice long career in front of him here. He's interesting. He's got this, you know, I've told this story a bunch of times. We were in practice one day. What, what did I get? So mad? It was something defensive. I got so mad at you. It's always defense with you. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got so sideways with Trevin. This is pretty early. This might have been before the season started. I think it was two a days. Yeah, it's two a days. I got really sideways with Trevin, and and uh, we were in the annex, and so the annex gets really loud when you're yelling, which I never do. Right. Sometimes, it's maybe once in a while. And uh, so I called Trevin out really, really hard. Like I was going at him in front of the whole team, and instead of like fading away and kind of wilting under the pressure, he like he was like, okay, all right, that's how it is. So he came off a screen really hard in the very next possession and banged his shot, a really tough shot. And then he kind of ran down the corner on defense, kind of looking out at me sideways, you know, <laughs> kind of seeing me. And then he comes down the very next possession and finds another shot and bangs it. And then he looks straight at me running down the court. He's like, yeah, you go with me. I'm coming right back at you. <laughs> and it's that type of mentality that he's got that's really special. He can never let go of that because that competitive is like when someone's challenged and they'll respond in a competitive way that's when you have a, a you have something special going and and uh he he's done that uh, time and time again and it's what's going to make him a special player trevin great to have you in here tonight we'll have, we'll do it again as your career continues thank you awesome all right that is trevin nels we go to break this week's trivia question presented by the byu store who holds the record for most points scored by a byu player during his freshman season we'll tell you next Trivia time. Who holds the record for most points scored by a BYU player in his freshman season? It's Danny Ainge back in 1977-78, a record that still stands to today. Well, hey, you know, you play a couple of basketball games, you score a few points, pick up a win, hopefully two, and over the course of it all, 
you get a little bit of the unexpected in a weekly feature that has us asking, what happened? Let's take a look at what happened this past week. All right, uh, we, we, we know him as Yoli Childs. ESPN knows him as Yoni Childs. Yoni! <laughs> Yoni! I'm so glad you showed me that because we're going to use that now. I think it's that now going to be a thing, I think. All right, there's a new, there's a new call in basketball these days. It's, it's called the flop warning. You can get a flop warning. We got one, didn't we, here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then we had during the uh, we, had, we had a stare down with uh, a Gales fan and the camera courtside, and this went on for a while. He was pretty earnest about it too. That is fantastic. It's the fan stare down, not distracted by anybody or anything. Tell me this, Joe Lenardi is not photogenic though. Love him. <laughs> Joe was at the game. You hung out with Joe a little bit post game. TJ. All oh, the old the okie. No, Tom Homo goes at the okie doke. He gave him the okie doke. He passed it right into his chest. And then shot it. And then TJ is so good, he can kick a he can kick a ball. TJ to told his, me he had an extra assist. Is that, that what he was talking about? He just boots it right to him, perfectly placed. And then, I mean, this, I mean, Tommy Cousy had to be asking, what happened on this one? <laughs> it's a big play, man. It's not oh, the, look at him leave Cousy. Tie up the game with six seconds left with a dunk. Good for TJ. And then lately. As uh, by the way, TJ has become pretty adept at the one-hand throw. That's dunk number five for the career. Uh, lately, his bench crew's been uh, giving them the mustache salute after threes. Yeah, it's fantastic. Evan Troy's, who by the way had his own mustache going. And you know why Evan had to sh shave it? What's the story? Because he was losing out on dates. That's the truth. Like we need to bring Evan on and tell him. But he said he's like, Coach, it was hurting my social game. I had to lose the mustache. And Zach salutes back. And he's keeping it. By that, that's not. And by the way, it's, you, you've been video bombing, but you actually restrained yourself this past week. It's you so know. hard, man. It's so hard. But I was excited to listen. <laughs> My parents actually called me. They're like, Zach said the nicest thing about you. He said he really likes you as a coach. I was like, Yeah, that's because I was staring him down. Right, right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we had another good hour, Coach. Uh, fun week, and uh, we look forward to the games ahead. We will see you for Portland, and then of course the big game on the weekend. And we'll do it again here next week. Go, baby. All right, that's Coach Mark Pope. To request seeks for next week's show, go to byucougars.com slash Pope Show, and we'll see you right here in Studio C. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, 8 Eastern, for Trevin Nell and Mark Pope. I am Greg Grubel, and thanks to our crew here, our fans here in Studio C with us. This has been BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. We'll talk to you next week. Go Cougs! <laughs>